Yo, yo. What up, what up? So here I am. I just recorded today's episode for a second time because the first time I recorded it yesterday, about halfway through, there started to become this like clicking, popping sound, like the computer decided to start doing some beatboxing in the background. Okay, Uh, bad joke aside. And because I recorded this one for a second time and I want to get it out already today, I just want to give you the heads up that at some point it might start to make that noise. And we're going to rock with it for this week. We'll leave it in there. And hopefully in future episodes, you won't hear any of the beatboxing of the computer. Much love. Let's jump in. Yo, yo. What up, what up? Welcome to the WTF Should I Do With My Life podcast. I am your host, Jacob Sokol, life coach, ex-graffiti writer, New York native, and overall Monday morning caffeinating because I recorded the podcast on Sunday and it got corrupted. So now I'm re-recording it on Monday, human being individual. So with all that mouthful of goodness out into the world now, I want to take a look at something that's not the easiest subject to talk about. If you've been paying any attention to the news in the last week, and let me say, if you haven't, I don't blame you because I I cut the news out of my life for about five years and it was one of the best decisions I made. But if you have been aware of some of the events that have been happening here in the U.S., Um, It's just a lot of craziness, a lot of tragedy, a lot of sadness, a lot of anger, specifically referring to the police shooting um, several uh, African-American men um, in some type of routine stops where uh, they were caught on video and the video really being shared with the world and the world um, many of us in the U.S. just, you know, uproaring to the injustice of the, these events, really seeing it right in front of our eyes, man. It's just, it's tough. And then later on in the week, um, there were some police officers that were shot in Dallas. And once again, like, holy shit, really tragic situation. And it can almost feel like it's, there's like black men or black people in general versus the police. And let's just be clear that that's not what, you know, this is about. Don't let any media hype buy into that. Um, What we're looking at here is really how do we just live with justice? How do we live with, with freedom and equality for all of us? And, you know, let me talk a little bit personally here for a moment it's hard for me to have this conversation right now, and it might be hard for you to listen to it. And and I, if you're if you're like, oh my god, well he's talking about this on today's podcast. Maybe it's maybe it's time to turn it off or go somewhere else. Well, I ask you to hang on for another minute. And the reason is is this is just a tough subject to talk about. Um, I'm. I generally consider myself to be a good person, except when I'm pushing my cat off the counter because he's up to no good, which he is right now. Um, But in all seriousness, you know, and I notice myself wanting to say something about the injustice and inequality that exists. And at the same time, I notice myself being scared to say the wrong thing because I don't want to be the target. And I don't know what to say because I don't know the right thing to say because 
it's not me who's faced with the injustice and, and inequality most of the time, right? Like I'm a white male from America who's six foot tall. Like I basically got dealt the lotto when it comes to that um, that that card there, right? I had my own challenges, grew up on welfare, my family, you know, struggled with addiction, blah, 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 blah. But that's a separate conversation. The conversation today is when it comes to just going about everyday life. Um, yeah, right. So, so what do I say? And I noticed that I, I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And then I started to feel some guilt about saying nothing. And I'm like, why, why do I feel guilt? Right? Why is there guilt? Like I'm a good person. Um, and I realized, oh, it's because I have white privilege. So there's certain things that are just easier for me or more available to me or I get treated in a different way because I'm white and I'm not black or Mexican or my skin isn't darker, right? And and again, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, this is, this is tough to hear. I don't want to hear this. I want to just go on with my life. Like this is what I've experienced, you know, for quite some time. And, and, but when I really slowed down and checked in with myself, I realized, man, there's, there's some guilt there. And so why is the guilt there? And it's like, oh, is it because I have privilege? And it's like, okay, so I know I have privilege, but what the fuck? That doesn't make me a bad person because I have privilege, right? Like I've got a good heart. And then it's like, oh, hold on a second. Like now I'm making this about me, right? Now, like I'm taking away from the subject of what's actually happening and I'm finding myself in my own inner dialogue trying to justify myself for not being a bad person. So um, I share this to kind of speak the truth of what my experience is. And I've wrestled going back and forth, say something, don't say something, say something, don't say something. And each time I've let it go, because again, I don't know what the fuck to say. It's just a crazy situation. But what I am saying today is just acknowledging that if you care about values like living with love and justice and truth and um, compassion, then I just invite you into the conversation to understand a little bit more deeply what is actually going on in our country with the uh, the racial class uh, divides that exists. And, you know, there's a lot of problems that affect a lot of people. And, and I get if this if this is one that's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to stay out of it or I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't feel guilty about this. I don't need to say anything. Well, you know what? I respect where, wherever you are with that. That's okay. I'm not here to tell you to be on another part of the journey than you're on or that my journey is the right journey for you. I'm just saying something. And what I noticed is that, you know, I wrote a little post about this on Facebook during the week. What I noticed is like when I said something, when I spoke about this thing, this kind of like elephant in the room and I just voiced it. I could viscerally, viscerally feel my heart start to experience more um, openness. I actually felt the sadness in my heart. Um, I felt more connected. I felt more empathy. And if this is something that is resonating with you, you know, I invite you to just start to have the conversations with your friends, with your family, with the younger generation in particular, some of the old generation. Like one of the things that I love so much about our generation is that we're less racist. It's just fucking cool. Like we are, you know, I grew up in New York. I know what it's like to hang out with old time New Yorkers 
And even though old time New York, right, like you, there were lots of different races that hung out with each other, there was still that racism there. And one of the beautiful things about hip hop culture is that it's become a equalizer as far as um, connecting on a level where um, the, there's, there's less racism, Right. And, and maybe I'm not using the right words here. I can almost feel myself like, oh, man, should I go back and edit? I said equalizer and we're not fucking equal. Right. And, and there's that. And this is what I mean about the, the, the fear of speaking up for, for what it actually is. Uh, so, so I say this just to say, like, I want to acknowledge that there's shit happening in the world. And I could get on here and I could be like, yo, let's, let's manifest some magical unicorns and get paid to do work you love and, and live the life of your dreams. And, and all that shit is dope. And we talk about that, and that stuff matters, and I want to ground us in the reality of what's actually going on in our culture today, and this is something, and it's real, and it's heavy for a lot of people. And so today, I want to share with you five things that you can do when faced with any type of craziness that's going on in the world or in your life. And you can apply this to whatever's happening today, but if you're listening to this podcast, you know, 17 years from now, this is timeless. I'm going to be quoting some wisdom from thousands of years ago. So it's not like, oh, if I didn't listen during July 2016, yeah, that's where we are, then then I missed out. No, no, no. This is timeless wisdom. And, uh, and so let's jump in. We're going to explore five different things you can do, five different big ideas when it comes to just having a crazy ass week or situation, uh, whatever it is, kaboom. So here we go. So big idea number one is that your freedom is in your response. Your freedom is in your response. There's a man named Viktor Frankl who was one of the world's leading psychologists of the 20th century, top 10 most impactful psychologists of the 20th century. And Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor he grew up and was, you know, he was alive during these times when uh, people were getting rounded up to go into concentration camps and his whole family got taken in, all of his belongings got taken away from him, all of his work that he had done got taken away from him and he went through this unimaginably excruciatingly painful experience going through the Holocaust and what he noticed was that Everything can be taken away from you, everything, but one thing, and he calls this the last of the human freedoms, and the last of the human freedoms is your ability to choose how you respond to the situation. So they could take away your family, they could take away your body parts, and I don't mean to get too too graphic here, but again, we're talking about a man who's living through the Holocaust, right? They could take away everything from you. But they never take away how you choose to respond to the situation. And, you know, sometimes that's going to be how you mentally choose to respond. And sometimes that's going to be physically or the actions that you take. So there's a big distinction between responding and reacting. Reacting is just like, I'm like, yo, you're a piece of shit. And you're like, Jacob, screw you, jerk. Right? Like, that's just a reaction. Responding is something happens and 
you slow down and choose what you want to do instead of go on that automatic impulse that feels so gratifying temporarily but doesn't actually lead you to live in alignment with a value system that matters most to you. So he says our freedom exists between stimulus and response. Your freedom exists between stimulus, the event, and your response. And the more that you can breathe into the space in between the cause and the effect, the stimulus and the response, the more that you can experience freedom. And in that freedom, you can choose what it is that you want to do. Um, Side note, one of the other main findings that Viktor Frankl had when he was doing spending this time in the Holocaust was that the people who lived the longest were the people who had a reason to live, meaning purpose. And his philosophy was called, uh, his psychology practice was called logotherapy, logotherapy. And while Freud argued that, you know, the main motives of human beings were uh, sex-based, right? Viktor Frankl argued, no, they're they're meaning-based, that man's main motive is to have some meaning in life. So logo, the word logo comes from, uh, it translates roughly into into meaning, right? So that's why when you see like a Nike logo, it's it's a meaning, it's symbolic of what what that means. So, um, so question, do you know your purpose, right? Do you know your purpose? Do you feel like you have a, you're living a meaningful life? These are the things when you have a purpose, when you have meaning that will get you through the inevitable challenges that arise, no matter what path you pick in life. Like life is full of challenges. And when you have meaning, when you have purpose, then, uh, then you have the will and, and this is what he noticed. He noticed the people who would give up in the Holocaust and, hey, I'm not shaming anyone. Like, holy fucking shit. Uh, excuse my language. Like, that's just crazy. Um, but he did notice the people who, who lasted the longest, the people who ultimately um, had the will to survive no matter what was the people who had some meaning. Like, they might, even the potential meaning that Oh, if my family were to survive in this experience or someone from my family was, I need to be there for them to support them when they get out of here. Like even that meaning would be strong enough to, to increase someone's chance of staying alive there. So, okay, that's a tangent. Um, but again, big idea number one is your freedom is in your response, right? It's in between stimulus and response. There's, there's your freedom. Now let's go to big idea number two. Big idea number two is that we all have the same fate. We all have the same fate. And what's our fate? We're going to die. All of us. No matter what. And this can be really grounding. I don't mean it to be a morbid thing or something to make you depressed. I mean like take a few moments every day and remind yourself you're going to die. And it might be today. Probably won't be. But it might be, it might be in a week, it might be in a month, it might be in a couple of decades. Hopefully it's, you know, um, it's one of those. But here's, here's the thing is that we all have the same fate, right? And this idea I got from a philosopher named Marcus Aurelius, who was also a Roman Empire. So he was, he was, in, he was you know, the king, or I don't know if they called him the king, maybe back then, um, of Rome. 
and and Rome was 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 battling. They were at war. There was the plague. People were dying. There was all types of craziness. And this was, if you've heard of Stoic philosophy, he's one of the kind of main Stoic philosophers, Marcus Aurelius. And he says we all have the same fate, right? Which is that we're going to die. So what matters in life is not how long you live. Because again, we're, we're all going to die, so we all end up in the same place. What matters is not how long you live, what matters is how you live, right? So there's a distinction between how long you live versus how you live. And how you live, and what he meant by that, how you live meant, are you in alignment with what you believe? Oof, scary question. Are you in alignment with what you believe? And he said, it doesn't matter if I live another minute or if I live another, you know, millennia, right? Another day or another decade. What matters is that while I'm alive, I'm living in a way that aligns with my values, that I'm living with virtue. I'm living with the things that I believe in. I'm living with courage. I'm living with wisdom. I'm living with love. I'm living with truth and justice. That's what matters. Not how long I live, but how I live in alignment with what matters to me. And again, that's a really grounding understanding because so often we go into this survival mode of, oh my God, oh my God, I'm afraid if I don't, if I don't make enough money, I'm not going to be able to pay the rent. Or if this person rejects me, that's going to be humiliating or whatever it is. And we, we live our life trying to make sure we survive instead of actually trying to make sure that we do the things that matter most to us. So I implore you to take a look at what is it that actually matters to you and are you living in alignment with those values? And that's your purpose, you know, to live in alignment with the things that matter most to you while ultimately helping other people do the same, helping, helping people in a way that is personally meaningful for you. So that's, that's big idea number two. We all have the same fate and there's a distinction between how long you live and how you live. Cool? Okay. Dope sauce. Um, I am going to take a sip of my coffee over here. You will hear me slightly speed up the tone of my voice after I do. All right. Now, it's funny because what we just spoke about was Stoic philosophy. And Stoic philosophy is very much about not necessarily over-dramatizing your feelings, but recognizing that it's your thoughts that are creating those feelings and choosing what you want to do despite how you feel. And I'm going to actually pull from the other end now. So that's true. I believe in that. And also, I believe in listening to the wisdom of your feelings. And that's what big idea number three is. Acknowledge what your feelings are. So here's the thing. What you resist persists. And I had to learn this lesson the motherfucking long way, and it was not fun. What you resist persists. The more you fight something, the more energy you give to it that ultimately it comes back at you with. And you know, if you've heard of Aikido, which is a martial art, that's what the martial art is based on. When you when you have resistance towards something, you're actually giving it more power. And what you want to do is you want to use your opponent's energy against them. 
So you want to align with their energy. So if they throw a punch at you, instead of you trying to block their punch, what you do is you actually grab their arm and pull their punch forward even more. You align with the energy and you use their own uh, movement to throw them off. So I learned this, you know, in life, and, and I think a lot of us experience this in some way. It's like, oh my God, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to do that thing. I don't want to do that thing. And as a result of living that way, you actually become that person, or you um, you you do that thing that you really don't want to do. So, what you resist persists. The more you fight something, the more power you give to it, and what we want to do is we want to look at how that pertains to your feelings. And if you're constantly pushing down sadness, if you're constantly saying, no, I need to be strong. If I'm sad, then I'm weak. Then no wonder you weigh an extra 20, 30 or 50 pounds. You're carrying around all that sadness with you. And it's in the form of, of physical weight, right? You, you ate your feelings. You felt sad. And instead of allowing yourself to cry because you had a rule in your head that if I cry, then I'm weak. You went to the refrigerator, you ate some junk food and you, you, push that sadness down, you resisted it, and now it's persisting. Now you're carrying it around. Um, same thing with, uh, with anger, right? It's like, okay, yeah, you're pretending that you're never actually mad. And so you're a very passive person. You're walking around trying to make people happy, but secretly you fucking resent them because they never, they never um, put you first. They never acknowledge what your experience is like, whatever. Here's the thing about acknowledging your feelings. Acknowledging your feelings is different than acting on your feelings. So I might be angry as hell and to allow myself to feel anger is different than to allow myself to act from anger. This is a huge distinction and it might seem like, oh, it's just the way you're saying it. But these little distinctions, when you get these, these are the fucking little secrets to the universe. These little distinctions. So... There's a difference between allowing yourself to feel the emotion versus acting on the emotion. And we want to allow ourselves to feel it without necessarily acting on it. So when my cat is meowing nonstop while I'm trying to record a podcast and the dude just screaming and screaming and screaming and the more that I resist paying attention to him, the more that it persists and he keeps going with it and going with it. And the rage builds up inside of me to the point where I want to get up, grab this little monster by his throat and throw him across the room. And mind you, this, I love this cat probably more than anything in my entire life, right? This is what I want to do to him. These are my feelings. Well, I want to acknowledge that feeling, but, and allow myself to feel the anger, to feel the frustration, to feel the rage, but I don't actually want to do it. Right? It's not that I actually want to take that action. Same thing with, with sadness. You might feel really crappy. You want to allow yourself to feel those feelings. Um, but it doesn't mean to necessarily make life decisions based on those feelings. And this is one of the biggest things that I advocate for when I'm coaching people and when I'm giving people guidance on life. When you feel crappy, that is not the time to make life decisions crappy moods lead to crappy decisions. But Jacob, what the hell? You just told me I want to acknowledge my feelings and I want to pay attention to what I'm feeling. Totally. So here's what you want to do. When you feel crappy, that's the time to take action to make your allow yourself to feel better. 
not to change your life. So when you feel crappy, that's the time you want to take action to take care of yourself, not change your life. It's kind of like if you were drunk, right? Imagine if I came, if, if you were drunk, you, you, you drank a little bit too much tequila and you kind of knew that something wasn't right and you wanted to, to change your, your life because you were drunk and you're like, oh my God, I'm drunk. Now's the time. Uh, you know, I know that something doesn't feel right. It's time to make a life change. And you were drunk. Y- we all can just do a, a silent head nod as we listen to this in our respective locations, me, you, and everyone else, just do a silent head nod right now to the reality that that's a horrible idea to try to change your life when you're drunk. Well, it's kind of like trying to change your life when you're sad or angry as well, right? No, when you're drunk, you want to acknowledge that you don't feel well and maybe go eat some bread, drink some water, have someone take care of you, get some rest, right? You want to acknowledge you don't feel well and take care of yourself, but that's not the time to go out there and make life changes. And it's the same thing when we feel fear, anxiety, um, any of these emotions that are uncomfortable. That's not the time to change your life. That's the time to take care of yourself. And then once you take care of yourself and you sleep it off and you exercise and you, you know, even go maybe a few days with exercising and you start to feel better, then we can start to look at making some life decisions. I had, you know, someone come to me, a client come to me or a previous client come to me, I guess about three weeks ago. And and he's a great guy. We made a lot of progress when we worked together. And then he kind of got fell back into some type of dark place and and was just kind of going through it and he was stuck between two big life decisions do I do this or do I do that and instead of coaching him when he came to me for help I said listen I'm I'm not interested in talking to you about this until you've exercised at least four times for the next two weeks in a row, right? So exercise four times this week, four times next week. Because he had been doing zero exercise, totally in his head, disconnected from his heart, from his gut, from his intuition, and it was pointless. It was like, imagine me trying to coach someone who's drunk, right? Like, it could be humorous, right? But it's not going to be very effective, and so it was, it's the same thing when I coach people who are so stuck in their head. And listen, I know what that's like. That was me for a long time. So it's like go exercise, get out of your head, let's get you in a better state first. And when you're in a better state, then you'll be able to have better thoughts. If you want to change your brain, change your body. If you want to change your psychology, change your physiology. Boom. So big idea number three is just to acknowledge your feelings. And I'll tell you specifically for me when it came to what's going on in the world. And, and for me, it was about with, with Black Lives Matter, it was really about acknowledging that I actually felt some guilt there. And it was like, oh, huh, why is there guilt? Now, I know, I know why guilt exists. Guilt exists when we think we did something wrong. Right? There's a difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is, I did something wrong. Shame is, I am something wrong. Shame is about who you are as a person. Guilt is about the behavior that you take. Now, shame is fucking poisonous. Shame is like the worst. I mean, it's, it leads to 
depression, suicide, addiction, overeating, isolation, like shame is just the most toxic bastard that you can think of. So I didn't feel shame and I felt a lot of shame and we all we all feel shame. Maybe I'll do a podcast on that in the future. Actually, I think I will now that I bring that up. But I felt guilt. So wasn't that something wrong with me? It's like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. And what I what when I actually allowed myself to explore that feeling, um, and this actually ties into big idea number four, which we'll get to in a moment. When I allowed myself to explore that feeling, I realized, oh, what I feel I'm doing wrong is that I'm doing nothing, and my inaction is an action. It's the choice to not do anything. And from that place, I realized, oh, I could do something. And I did. And as a result, I felt better. So that actually brings us to big idea number four, which is allow yourself to get curious. And so when you experience that emotion, you can look at, well, why might this be here? What might be going on? And, you know, there's, there's a quote by Stephen Covey who wrote the, you know, one of the most popular self-help books of all time, and it's called the the seven habits of highly effective people and he, one of the big ideas he has is that he says seek to understand before you seek to be understood in other words try to understand somebody else before as my cat meows <laughs> i wonder what my cat wants me to understand right now i think he wants food that's what he wants uh so seek to understand so basically under understand where someone else is coming from first before you try to have them understand where you're coming from so when you look at what's happening in the world when you look at you know some of the the things that are harder to look at maybe even looking at isis right which we could say like oh this terrorist organization these guys are maniacs um, and I'm not sure that I'd argue with you on that. Like I'd say that, you know, I think we can agree anyone who's brutally killing other people, um, there's there's something not right there. Uh, but there, there I go again, right? I'm like, no, my way is the right way. But maybe look at what is their perspective? What What are they, why are they doing this? Like in their hearts, they believe they're doing the right thing. So let's look at what is their perspective. Um, and, you know, when we look at like, the Dalai Lama, for instance, I think he calls it compassionate understanding or something like that. It's like even being willing to hear what your enemy who wants to kill you, what is their side of the story? Why are they so upset? And when we can speak to that part, when we can empathize and understand like, oh yeah, if I was in your position, I'd feel the same way too, right? Then we can connect on a heart level. And when we when we connect on a heart level, Instead of trying to be right, we can be loving. And when we can be loving, we can dissolve the hatred. We can dissolve the fighting. And as a result, everyone can have more of what it is that they desire, right? Um, so, and, 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 and look at this in your personal relationships too. Like, I bet when you fight with your significant other or with the people who you love, it's because you're choosing to be significant, to be right, instead of being loving. And like, there's plenty of times with my girl where I'm like, no, 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 no. I know that she thinks she's right, but the truth, the reality of the situation is actually I'm right. And I can 
try to drill the point in to her that no, no, I'm right. I really know I'm right, and I can and I can try to uh, get her to see that, or I can just be loving and just let it go and choose love over righteousness. So big idea number three is to get curious, to seek to understand before you try to be understood and to allow yourself to really tap into what is someone else's experience. So when you're looking at, you know, what it means to be African-American today in our culture, maybe having a conversation about that. What's different about someone's experience who's black versus white versus Hispanic versus Indian versus Native American versus all these things. And I I know it's scary and, you know, specifically for me it is like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. But this is why asking questions from a place of your heart, it's okay because you're not declaring anything. You're just getting curious and wondering, what is it like to be you? And you can do this with your employees. You can do this with the people on your team. Um, I was coaching a guy who reached out to me who was the leader of i guess he he led a team of like 12 people and he was constantly kind of showing up as as a bit of a drill sergeant like hey we got to get these results done he was actually in the army at one point and he was a great guy but he he totally didn't get this seek to understand before you try to be understood and he uh as a result, nobody felt like they could talk to him. Like they felt like he didn't actually listen when uh, when they spoke up, and his leadership really suffered because of that. So uh, you, you don't need to be a leader of a big team. You can just be the leader of your life and bring this in. Okay, funny behind the the scenes note. I'm playing defense with my cat right now, who's trying to eat the remains of my avocado, salmon, and olive oil. Uh, mid-morning snack. My dude is all up in my business, but I think we're good. So uh, let's let's bring it to big idea number five right now. Big idea number five. Self-care is your connection to God. Self-care is your connection to God. Can I get somebody fucking tweeting that and quoting me on that? Self-care is your connection to God at Jacob Sokol. I'd love to see that on Twitter. Self-care is your connection to God. And listen, I'm not religious. The the G-O-D word definitely gave me an allergic reaction for a long time in my life. But when I say God, I don't mean some white dude depicted in the Bible. I'm talking about God as in universal intelligence. God meaning the universe, meaning the intelligence that turns a seed in soil into a tree that produces fruit that turned my dad's semen and my mom's egg that came together and turned into me talking into this audio technica ATR 2100 microphone and you listening to it wherever the hell you are shout out to you for listening to this right now um i mean god is in you know this the universal force of life um, and when we're disconnected from this life force and, and different religions call this different thing or different, even philosophies call this different things. This could be called chi in, uh, in Taoism, in Buddhism, maybe it's called something else. But really what I'm talking about is, is the life force that's within you and within all of, of this experience that we're having. 
So when you're disconnected from that, you experience isolation. It's hard to have creative thoughts. You don't feel fulfilled. But when you're in alignment and when you learn to align with life's force, life's nature, the way that the universe works, that's when miraculous things happen. And that's that's what I do with my work is like I help people align with the way life works, right? I can distinctly remember about 10 years ago talking to a good friend of mine and saying, dude, I'm just getting better at life, right? Like I'm just getting better at life. And it was because I started to align, I started to realize, oh, there's kind of principles around the way life works, like karma. When you're a good person, generally, you have a better life. The more you contribute, the more fulfilled you are. When you make decisions in a shitty mood, you get a shitty life. When you make decisions when you're in a inspired mood, you get an inspired life, right? Like there's just certain principles and and I don't mean to overgeneralize things. You might be listening and be like, Jacob, but I'm such a nice person. Why do people walk all over me? And it's like, well, because there's a distinction there that you need to learn to put some boundaries in place and learn to say no, etc. Um, but but let me let me bring it back to the big point here. Self-care is your connection to God. So what is self-care? It's different for you than it is for me, but exercising, sleeping enough, um, making sure that you have quality conversations in your life, hydrating, getting out into the sun, spending some time in nature. And listen, I'm a city dude. You know, my nature is like a tree on a sidewalk somewhere. But you know what I mean? Get, get near water, get near some greenery, whatever that is going to be for you. There was a Dutch philosopher named Spinoza. And that was his last name, Spinoza. And I think he was an 18th century philosopher. I might be a century off in either direction. But I, I don't know much about him, but I got this one idea from him that I really loved. And Spinoza said that you can't change what you are. If you're an orange tree, you, no matter how, what you do, you're not turning into an apple tree. You're an orange tree. But here's the thing. As an orange tree the quality of your life is going to be completely different depending on the set of circumstances that you're in or that you put yourself in. So if you're in a place as an orange tree where you get a great amount of sunlight, you get a lot of water, you, get, you, are, in, you have, are in good soil, um, you're going to flourish and you're going to produce the results, the fruits that you're capable of. That same exact orange tree, if we were to take that orange tree and put it in a place where there's no sunlight, the soil is crap, and it's underhydrated, dehydrated, then um, it's going to shrivel up and it's going to live a, a life that's just, you know, 1% of what it's capable of being. Now, the same holds true for us, right? Like, no matter what I do, I'm not going to turn into somebody else. I'm, I'm me, right? And I've got my own strengths and I got my own weaknesses and I could develop my strengths and I can work on my weaknesses. But ultimately, it's how I treat myself, the amount of care that I give myself, the choices that I make to take care of who I am, what's in my heart, what my intuition says. When I choose to live from that place, I can flourish. And, you know, this is not about self-improvement. This is about self-acceptance, accepting, here's what I'm feeling, here's what's unique about me. I know that society told me I was supposed to have a six-pack and I was supposed to make it look effortless. 
I'm supposed to be completely equally symmetrical on both sides of my body. I'm supposed to not have hair here and have hair there and, you know, have blah, 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 blah. And that's just social programming. That's just societal trappings. That's the, that's oppression. That's modern day oppression and slavery to the dollar, right? That is when society has turned us into modern day slaves in order to continue to work for this money in order to just survive, right? And, and, and try to conform to what it is that they're telling us uh, is the way that we need to be, right? So we got to break free from that and recognize that it's up to us to ultimately choose what it is that we want to do with our life, how we want to spend our time, and to really make sure that we're plugged into the things that connect us to that universal energy. Not exercising at least three times a week is the equivalent of taking a pill to make you depressed. Not exercising three times a week is the equivalent of taking a pill to make you depressed. Go exercise, okay? Exercise. Get sweaty. I don't care if you feel like doing it or not. Do it anyway. And as a result of doing it, you will feel better. All right? So I'm going to hit you with a question of the day. Um, Question of the day from today's podcast is, what's one of your favorite ways to deal with shit when it gets crazy? What's one of your favorite ways, what's one of your best practices to deal with things when they get crazy? And tweet me at Jacob Sokol um, and let's... uh, and let's see. I'd love to, I'd love to know. My cat my cat would love to know too. This little bastard is meowing over there. Um awesome. Thank you for rocking with us on today's podcast. I know that we went into some places that we don't normally go today and I appreciate your willingness to uh to stay in the conversation and and really rock all the way to the end. Much love. Uh, my heart goes out to everyone who, you know, has experienced some turmoil, some sadness or just anger or whatever it is that that you've been feeling uh, in the last weeks or months or years for some people. Um, So much love to you and uh, we'll be back shortly with another episode. Okay, lots of love. Peace out.